You can always make more money, grow your community, or add to your bucket list. But oftentimes it can be difficult to find abundance in the amount of time we have each day. We often say to ourselves, I wish I had the time for insert activity here, or I just don't have the time for that. This is me almost every day, but the truth is it is up to me to make the time for what I want in my life. On this episode, I provide simple ways of time management for your best life. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. This is a podcast dedicated to self-improvement, self-discovery, living your best life, and managing your money. I'm your host, Ella, and I hope you enjoy listening today. Welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth. It's Ella here, and I'm glad you have joined me. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you are joining me for maybe not the first time, welcome back. I am so honored that you are spending time with me this week. To start off the show, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the book of the week. This book I'm going to rave and rave about. I definitely give it a five stars. And the book that I wanted to feature on this episode is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I personally found so much value and inspiration in this book that I actually read it twice in a row. Now, there's many books that I've read two or three times. I don't think I've ever read a book twice in a row before because I liked it that much. And this book was it. Um, It takes about four hours to read or you can even download the Audible version. I think the Audible version is about five hours with the pause and everything like that. But you can listen to it on your walks or while you're driving. And the theme of this book is to up-level your life by discovering or conquering your deep-seated fears that are unconsciously holding you back. And some of your fears could be feeling inadequate, fearing consequences of your success, disloyalty, abandonment from people around you, or the crime of outshining others. I actually had that experience early on in life. We're always taught not to outshine others or be too much. I think I grew up before the term quote unquote extra came out, but I'll never forget I was so excited. I was in show choir in middle school, seventh grade. We had the privilege of touring elementary schools, and we even put a show on for Virginia Middle School, the school I went to. And I remember on the bus on the way to the elementary schools, a couple of people crowded around me and told me that I needed to tone down my performance, that I was doing too much. And in that, we were required to do dance moves. I even had a solo in the show, and it there the show and I intentionally had a smile as I was singing. I loved it. I love performing. That's what I did best. I grew up in the performing arts. And the fact that I was being called out on this just hurt me to my core. Somebody said that me overdoing the moves and the singing made everyone else look stupid in their performance. And what they were basically saying is I was doing my best to outshine them. And that really wasn't my intention. I just really wanted to put on a good show. And on the contrary, teachers and parents actually complimented my enthusiasm and my performance. But my peers, my 
what I thought were my friends, they just made me feel betrayed. And they were even mad at me for doing something that I enjoyed and something I put my heart into. And I also remember people making fun of me for enjoying it so much. I guess I was just a big nerd in high school. I also remember just throughout my school career, even up to college, I even had friends get mad at me for making better grades. I had people get mad because I won an art competition in high school. I got published with one of my photography artworks and people didn't think that my work deserved that. And I just remember feeling shamed and humiliated for something that I should have been proud of. And the thing is, I even enjoyed learning. So I think a lot of times being shamed for being the teacher's pet held me back in school because I've toned it down. I struggled to pay attention, even though I enjoyed it. Little did I know this would be what Hendrix would have referred to as an upper limit problem. And that was me holding myself back and minimizing myself in order to fit in and not be made fun of. Now, as an adult with a strong career, many commitments outside work and a social life, one of my upper limit problems seems to be time management. I seem to get overwhelmed, but I found a very interesting point in the book where he talked about time and that was Einstein time. And the reason he called it Einstein time is because Albert Einstein did not have a concept of time. He basically thought time was an illusion. And where he was getting at is sometimes we think we're a victim of time. We think we don't have enough time. We think time is against us. And that's just really not the case. It's how we perceive the time. Um, Something else in the book that I'll point out that you'll notice, there's different types of zones. And the upper limit problems will get in between the zones. So there's the zoning of incompetence. That's the first one. And that's something you're just not skilled at or have any knowledge in or any passion in. That would be like me fixing cars. There's also the zone of competence. And that's a task that we can handle well, but on an average scale, we can do it, but we just get it done. Zone of excellence, that's where we are most in our careers. We're doing something that we're really good that we excel at. But then there's the zone of genius. The zone of genius is when we're doing something we love to a point where it doesn't feel like work and we're also very successful at it. So the upper limit is what stands between all of those zones and from you getting in your zone of genius. That's basically the consensus of the book. But the other thing I found really interesting in the book was he acknowledged that running a business is a spiritual practice. You have to rely on something bigger than yourself to rely on it. That's something I wholeheartedly agree in. And the, I'm going to admit the Einstein time, the illusion of not managing your time and not believing in time kind of, kind of, um, got me a little turned off at first, but I now I see where he's coming to. And really what he's saying is making the time work for you. So that is what we're going to talk about today is making time work for you and time management and an approach that's not going to be stressful. So I feel like now is the perfect time to talk about time management. Oh, by the way, if you are doing a drinking game while listening to this podcast, I do not advise taking a drink every time you hear the word time because you're going to hear it a lot in this episode. (laughs) It would be really hazardous to your health. But getting into the topic, I feel like right now with this year, with everything opening back up, things getting back to normal 
it's really exciting, but it can also feel like an avalanche of commitments and responsibilities coming your way. My work responsibilities are at full capacity, social events that I want to attend are back, and I'm starting to travel again. And this is really promising that I'm getting back to normal life, but it can also be overwhelming at the same time. Now, this term, full plate, you say, my plate is full. Well, my plate can be full of good stuff. It can also be full of bad stuff. But regardless, my plate is full and it's going to feel heavy when it's really full. So when you say you have a full plate, you've got to figure out what you want to clear off and make room for. And trust me, the more I live, the more I realize that a lot of times, sometimes it's good to have an empty plate basically nothing on the agenda. I know this Sunday I planned on recording, getting so much done, getting packed away. And turns out I really didn't do much. I just got some brunch, cleaned up the house, but I took a self-care day because my Monday through Saturday was extremely busy. And to be honest, it's great to have some time to yourself and a day to yourself where you don't have any commitments or responsibilities. I think everybody needs that every now and then. I've talked about this before. Something that I delegate is having someone clean my house for me. And it's not because I'm too lazy to clean my own house, but it's because I love a clean, organized house. And it is a new self-care for me. It is better than getting a manicure, pedicure, hairdo, massage, all in my opinion, because I'm letting somebody create a good space for me to where I can come home, feel at home, and also be productive at the same time. So whenever you're making out your week, I think stress relief should be a top priority in your list. A lot of times we put self-care, stress relief, we put that last, but you have to energize yourself before you give energy to others. Every interaction we have, every task, and every thought we have is an energy deposit. So you have to choose wisely how you deposit your energy. The way that you relieve stress or accumulate more energy, that could be through fitness, it can be through walking, yoga, swimming. You can muster it up from resting, taking hot showers, spiritual devotions, meditations. Either way, you just like you have to make more money, you have to make time for something, you definitely have to make time to give yourself more energy and give that back to yourself. When writing in your planner for some of the goals that you have for the week, make sure your goals are attainable. That sounds super simple, but make sure they're goals that you're going to get done so you don't put too much pressure on yourself. Prioritize it wisely. Obviously, your full-time job or your family, they're going to take up most of your time. So you'll put that first. And don't be afraid to put a time frame around your task. Even if you don't meet those time frames with work meetings, I plan out my drive time. I know how long each meeting is going to last. Just so I get a layout of what my day looks up looks like, then set a date night. Make time for your work. And I know realistically, we, I give time to other priorities, I also set aside what would be my zone of genius, what I really want to do. So I set aside time for writing, listening to other podcasts, and even scheduling time to record. Sometimes that can feel overwhelming. That's something I squeeze into the rest of my day when doing this is something that I love doing the most. So keep in mind some of the little tasks throughout your day too that come up. 
I know for me, I stay on the phone a lot. So phone calls, when you have to go grab something to eat, kind of keep that in mind. So like, don't put anything like that off if you don't need to go into the grocery store. Just make sure it's worth your time. So take into account of that, take it to the small task, cleaning up after you eat, organizing something, just whatever it is. Just keep that in mind when you're planning out your week. For my work, we did a workshop. This is about two years ago we had to crack a code. We had a partner and we cracked this code and the code was a sentence that said multitasking is a lie. That one hit me because I tell myself all the time I can multitask. I can listen to podcasts while I'm doing emails or while I'm talking on the phone, I can clean the house. But the thing is when you're trying to multitask, you put more focus on one thing than the other and you're not going to be able to do the best job on both things at the same time. So when you're planning out your day, when you're planning on doing something, yes, you may be able to multitask, but if it's something that you're wanting to do extremely well, it's going to require your full focus. Go ahead. I know when I'm working, when I'm recording, whatever I'm doing, I turn the TV off, I turn the podcast off. I have a time for that, but I also have a time to record, to do my administrative work for my job. Some people can do it with the TV on. I cannot. The other thing is, and we already know I'm passionate about this, is organization. And that's a key to time management. So organization means I never leave the house without all of my electronics fully charged. That's my phone, my iPad, my watch. I also have sanitizer, mini bottles of fingernail polish removers, cosmetics, and touch up. It's like it's a way I can touch up all the time. I even have a suitcase that's packed for things I need when I travel. And then I have things I need at the house. It sounds extra, but it helps to have those two suitcases so I can save time on packing. I also organize my vitamins. I do that that Sunday night, Monday night, keep that organized for the week, get me started so I can just have them take throughout the day. Keep tabs on the weather, even writing that down in your planner because sometimes you'll plan something and then rain comes and runs your day. Sometimes you'll plan something and you have to drive in bad weather. So just keeping tabs on the weather when you can. I'm hoping, speaking of weather, to finally get on my paddleboard. I bought a paddleboard a couple months ago. I hope to finally get on that and explore the water. But make sure you kind of have that organized. Just what you need, have it ready before you start your day, before you leave your house. And organization is energizing. I actually had a teacher, one of the teachers I really liked, she had a sign that said, if I were organized, I would be dangerous. So what she was saying is if she was organized, we'd be more afraid of her than we already were. I wasn't afraid of her, but (laughs) you get the idea. It says if I were organized, I'd be dangerous. So organization is going to energize you and give you back a lot more time than the time you put into organizing. Now back to making your calendar with everything outside of the basics, work, self-care, you have to ask yourself, is it worth my time interaction? So what I learned a lot in my 20s is people pleasing just takes time away from me. If I go out and meet somebody just because they need to, you know, they want to, if they want to call just to gossip or meeting somebody that just wants to go check something out and I'm really not that interested in it. If I'm going saying yes to something that I'm not really interested in doing, but I want to make somebody else happy, that kind of takes your time away from you. What do you get out of each event that you do? 
is the event that you do energizing or do you need to rest when you get home? Ask yourself this. Think about the people you spend your time with. Are they energizing? Are your closest friends in alignment with what you want to achieve in life? Are they going to be people who question your goals or question your dreams or tell you to be more realistic about something? Or are they people that are kind of giving you good tips and helping you build you up, helping you get closer to what your goals are? One of the biggest keys in time management is to pay attention to your energy. So we talked about energy deposits now. So pay attention to how you feel when you are in a situation and whether you want to give that time or not. When I tell myself I don't have the time for something, I'll tell you right now, it is really that I just don't have the energy to put into it or I don't want to put the energy into it. When I found some of the most recent years is that putting my time and energy into certain things outside basic responsibility and things that are important to me, like friends and family, if I did that because I felt like it was the right thing to do or is that I didn't want to upset anyone, when I did that, I later felt bad about it afterwards. So before the pandemic, I realized that I was so busy. I remember feeling like overwhelmed by all the things I had on my plate that I didn't do much for myself. And even years I told myself I didn't have time to date. I didn't have time to have fun. And it was really that I didn't have the energy for it. I didn't let myself the energy for it. And that's just the reality of it is, is I don't want to do something that's going to waste my time. And I don't want to do something that wasn't in the alignment for the life that I want. And I was saying yes to things that maybe weren't in alignment with the life I wanted for myself. So just be mindful of that. That's the biggest thing with time management. When you manage your time, you're managing your energy, you're managing your well-being. And to me, that's just a fine art of self-care. So here's a few things just to ask yourself when you make time for something or if you're going to say yes to a task or maybe something that you're unsure about. So here's a few things to ask. Is it worth, is there a return on investment for this or an ROI? So your job's going to take precedent of this because obviously your job is paying you. It's your career. It's what you went to school for. You've got to love your work. If you don't love your work, change that. I personally, I work over 50 hours a week and that's not bragging, but I work over 50 hours a week, but I truly enjoy both my jobs. So it doesn't always feel like work. And that's kind of flirting with the zone of genius that I want to be in. The second question is very simple. Ask why you're doing something. If you're committing to something as a way of pleasing others, or if it's something that you just feel obligated to that you really don't want to do, it may not be an issue to say no. Don't be afraid to say no to something that's taken away from something else that you feel is more important to you. Most of your phone calls, if you've got friends that call all the time to talk about their guy problems or complain about their work or just complain about something in their life. You know what? Most of that can be a text. If you make a plan to go out of town, um, or if I make a plan to go out on the town, I know I'm going to want something more than a drink. I'm going to want to get dinner or something. But if I'm going to leave my house, sometimes it's, if it feels like it's not energizing and I know like with the hours I work, sometimes I just need a day at home. But if I make it a point to make plans, it's definitely got to be worth my time. So I ask myself why I'm doing that. And don't be afraid to vocalize something that you really want when making plans. So if you've got a friends that want to go out downtown, you know, just bar hopping and you would rather go hiking, say, you know what? I think I'd rather be in nature these days. I just really want to go hiking, something more peaceful. If you want to go downtown, that's fine. But this is what I want to do with my time. 
Just don't be afraid to say that. Don't be afraid to take up yourself. Do you volunteer anywhere? Another question. If it's the right passion, that can be energized for you. But if it's just something you just want to add to your resume or something you just feel like you have to do because somebody asked you to do it, it's not energizing you, don't be afraid to say no. Another important question, this is a third major question. How does this commitment or task align with the life you want for yourself or your goals? Is this event just taking up time? And what kind of people are you going to be around with that? Because you become like the people you spend the most time with. So these are just all honest, simple questions. But you may be surprised at how often the hustle bustle of everything makes you forget about what you're committed to, what your goals are, and what you are doing and why you're doing something in the first place. So as we exit this pandemic madness and get back to what we perceive as the quote unquote normal life, make sure you are prioritizing your task wisely. Pandemic, the way that I'm looking at it right now, it was a clean slate. It was a time for me to take a breath and get realigned. And it's also a good time to pay attention in how you deposit your energy. They say your time is money, but I'm going to add to saying this, that your time is also your energy. So both your money and your energy need to be spent wisely. Just like you would spend your time in the same respect, watch how you spend your energy. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this and I hope it was well worth your time and energy. Thanks again, as always, for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please go on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. That's how people find me. I had to get a MacBook to leave a review for some of my friends' podcasts. But find a way, leave a review. You can also leave a review through Amazon Podcasts and Audible if that's where you get your podcast. I would love it and appreciate it. And also just let me know what you guys think. Connect with me on Instagram at Elokonomic. Thanks again and have an amazing week.